Trivia, this is Dave. This is Will. This is Caitlin. This is Duncan. And I'm Yanni, a.k.a. Duke Leonardo Rosalka of Canterbury. Okay. <laughs> so, we're playing a game called... Uh, the Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen, a role-playing game in a new style. Which was published in... Ostensibly... Uh, 1798, but it was too risque for the audiences of the time, so the publishing was delayed 200 years until audiences were ready for it. It was actually published in 1997, which still makes it one of the earliest story games and predating a lot of the modern indie RPG movement, which is outstanding, and I'm thoroughly excited to play this. The rules are fairly simple. Um, Each of us will tell a story. Any of us can use... We have five gold coins in front of us. Each of us can use those coins to interrupt another player. Uh, Complications to their story. And uh, where we can uh, pay them off to say, no, 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 really, no, that's that's not what happened. Or uh, we can accept that complication and take their money and uh, proceed with their story. You can bet back and forth, trading insults. How does the duel kick in? Um, Basically, it doesn't have to ever (laughs) kick in. If if you take so great an umbrage an insult to your uh, family or name or the allegation that you aren't actually a nobleman or whatever, you could duel. Uh, uh, if you duel, dueling is not to be taken lightly because if you duel and you lose, the winner takes your entire purse and you are out of the game. And uh, Yanni has found for us a pair of Nerf dueling pistols, flintlock. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> I think we'll have to use at some point. Uh, <laughs> Normally, one uses rock paper scissors, best two out of three, but we're not going to do it that way. Which must be front loaded, and you can't front load rock paper scissors. That's ridiculous. Rock paper scissors. Muzzle loaded rock paper scissors. Yes, so, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so let's go around and uh, figure out who each of us is. Is is that it? So we're ready to play right now other than sure. our characters, right? Sure. Everyone's got some monies. And yes. so who, Yanni, who are you playing today? I'm Duke Leonardo Rosalka of Canterbury. You've probably heard of me. Okay. I'm Dr. Dr. Hedwig von Hortleck from Ubermensch Estate in Latveria. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Baroness Carlo von Sauerbrunn from the famous state of Sauerbrunn in Germany. I am Count Steve du Charleston, both in dance and city. <laughs> and I am the V-Count Charles of Tennessee. Uh, and parts of uh, Kentucky and West Virginia. So, a story finishes in one of two ways. Either the storyteller concludes it with a vow as to the truthfulness of the matter, or an offer to duel anyone who does not believe his word. <laughs> or, one of the other players drinks a toast to the Baron's health and his story. Uh, the storyteller then challenges the person on his right to tell a new story uh, in a similar manner as the first person was was uh, challenged to a story. Um, All right. And I'm I'm going to be semi non-creative and use one I picked out from the book earlier because I really liked it, which is um, so the v- Vicount Charles, Charles du Tennessee. Tell me about the time you removed the curse from the Swedish royal family. Well, you see, the Swedish royal family uh, have this curse. That at night, they turn into cats. They're their cats. This is like a werewolf, but uh, they're smaller and less dangerous. <laughs> and not contagious like werewolf. So, um... I am traveling in Europe, uh, away from my native Tennessee, where I grew up. And I see, I am at court in Sweden, yes. And um, I am there with uh, the beautiful princess, who is uh, a lovely lady, although it took me a long time to learn to pronounce her name. And uh, princess, uh, I just call her... uh, Bo for short, because uh, hey, 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 you say she's lovely, but I heard that she got incredibly fat at that time. Well, I like the large ladies. <laughs> I have no problem with this. Uh, this is more to laugh. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, she incredibly lovely, uh, enchanting perfume, wonderful dancer. Really, if she's not stepping on your feet, it's uh, she's quite heavy. 
<laughs> At least she wears flats. It's, you know, it's, oh, we are dancing and dancing and dancing, and the clock strikes midnight, and, oh, and all of a sudden I am holding this, uh, this beautiful, fat, white, uh, uh, Persian kitty in my arms, and I say to myself, I am a, I'm an open-minded man, you know, I, I love all kinds of women, but I, you know, it is uh, difficult to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not into cats, so I'm shocked, shocked, this what happens to this lovely, large princess. Um, uh, and then, then I look up and I see all the uh, uh, royal family is, uh, they are all like uh, little cats sitting up on this throne. It's, it's very cute because the throne is padded and the cat curled up. Like, but it's, 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 and everyone's looking around like there's no big deal, you know, because all these cats. And, well, here's the scene. Here's the scene. Um, and I, I go to bed. And that was the, the princess. Oh, she did come to bed. She, she, she slept with me, but it's, it's only on my chest, you see. It's not, you know, in the way one might sleep with a princess if, if one were inclined to sleep with a princess and not concerned about her honor, which is, you know, in itself a, a thing. But um, in the morning, I wake up and she is lying on top of me and she's quite large and it is a... It is a well, I, I was having trouble breathing, and so um, I roll her off of me onto the floor, but there was uh, pillows I, I had discarded in the night because I was warm. So she landed soft, well, softly as a, a, a woman of such uh, uh, magnitude <laughs> can land on the, the floor. And um, I ask her, what, what is wrong? And she says to me, she says, we are cursed. We are cursed to become cats at night. We are their cats. And I say to her, well, it's not so bad. And she's like, well, but I would have liked to take you up to my room and, uh, you know, and, and I say to her, well, I would have liked the same thing, but it's not possible with a cat. <laughs> I mean, as I said, what we have, what we have done, which is, you know... Excuse me, Vicomte Charles, but I have heard that in your part of the country, this is quite possible. No, 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 no. Um, is, uh, is entirely, uh, 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 sheep and, uh, you know, the, uh, farm animals, not cats. It's, uh, oh. Or, or, or your cousin. Perhaps sister if you're very close, no. Excuse me, I apologize for my misconception. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very ignorant of me. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, we get to talking and um, uh, uh, it turns out there was this uh, witch. You say witch. Uh, and we have these witches in Tennessee. Normally, they're not so bad. They help with the babies and they make the moonshine and mostly leave people alone, but witches love the kitties. You know, they love the kitties. They love black kitties. I've heard that they're very bad. I've heard that the witches steal children. Well, occasionally, yes. They, they, I suppose they, you know, but I would not cast aspersions upon my people. I mean, uh, sometimes a child needs to, you know, I will not speak of this. Oh, well, carry on, carry on. <laughs> ah, you see the, uh, um, so there was a switch, and, you know, Swedish witches are, uh, um, these witches don't like the cold, so, and there's not many cats in Sweden, so. Then where do you get the expression colder than a witch's tit? Mm. That seems like a very unusual detail for someone to well, reference. The, this is why they hate the cold. They cold all the time. They, they cold all over. It just makes it worse when you have the cold. The, the tit is cold. <laughs> <laughs> and they poke out. You see the nipples? They get the little nipples and they poke out. And they, everyone sees these nipples. And also they cut. The, which is the tits are very sharp. They cut through the shirt, you see. And so... 
It's very inconvenient. <laughs> which is like warm climate. That's why they live Tennessee. You know, they don't live in the mountains. They live. Anyway, yeah, so, you know, no, no worry about this. Uh, so she says, uh, the, the, the witch is very ornery, and um, the one particularly cold winter in Sweden, and uh, the, 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 the Swedish royal family, she come to their, their palace. She said, I want to stay here because it's, uh, it's warm in here. You have lots of wood for fireplace and you made to put the wood button, put the wood in the fireplace. You know, this is creature comforts, which is busy casting magic and delivering babies and stealing occasionally the child too, but... <laughs> so, um... But they say, uh, which uh, bring down property value, you know, it's a uh, is bad publicity. No one wants to see a witch. They got a big nose with the war on them. They got, uh, witch wants to hang out in the front hallway. Dignitary come to, to visit and, you know, it, it is not good. So they, they send her away and she curse them and say, tonight you will turn into cats. So... That's a story she told me, and I don't believe her really because you know. Um, she also says she size eight. I know she's not size eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, which I don't mind. Which I, why is she lying to me? You know, maybe they have different size in Sweden, but uh, whatever. Anyway, so I ask her what do I need to do to break the curse? Because I really would like to have a dance, you know. Um. Uh, I say to her, I like big butts, I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I help you. So, uh, okay, so I go, uh, uh, she says, a witch live on the mountain. Eh, well, a witch live on the mountain. I go to the mountain, talk to a witch. So I summon my horse, which uh, came with me to Europe, because I always have my horse with me. This what? is American what? thing. I have my cowboy hat and my horse. And so I ride up to the mountain and my horse <laughs> and I get to the top of the mountain there's no witch. There's no witch, there's old house. Big old house. I say, I think to myself, it has it's holes in the walls and the windows have no glass and no shutters and I say, why, if you don't like the cold, why would you go live on the mountain? It makes no sense to me. But I said, she must have a reason. So I knock on the door. Bam, bam, bam. Nothing. I knock louder. Now, da, da. Nothing. Then I knock very softly. Da, da, da. And the door opens. <laughs> so I ride it on my horse. And I, I am sitting in the middle of a large room. The entire first floor is a large room, and there's a big cauldron over a fire on the floor. And I say, see, uh, the fire is burning, but it gives no heat. This fire burns blue. And blue, but blue makes no sense. Uh, there's no heat. Of course, which is cold. And the cauldron is bubbling, and... There is an old witch staring. She's got the pointy hat and she's got the, the. She says to me in Swedish, which I don't speak Swedish, but she says to me, Why you come here? And I look this up afterwards what she said. Because I don't speak Swedish. <laughs> and I said, I, I don't speak Swedish. And she's like, She says to me, Oh, you're American. American only speak one language. So I speak a little Spanish. <laughs> so I says to her, I'm American. I says to her, uh, why do you curse the royal family of Sweden? She says to me, because they says, no, let me stay with them. I said, okay, well, maybe she wasn't lying. <laughs> I also curse her to be fat, she says. I says, I don't mind. <laughs> so... Um, the witch, say, I say to her, can you uncast them? I really would like to, you know. She looks at me, she's like, then you must give me your firstborn child. And I say to her, 
He's 56. You go have good luck finding him, tracking him down. She says, point made. <laughs> so she says to me, even better. You must find me somewhere warm. Because I'm sick of living here. And I ask her, why do you live on this mountain? She's like, well, this is where my house is. And I say to her, that makes more sense. But I have a friend who is a travel agent, as you say. Travel agent. Says, I set you up in Fiji. No problem. So uh, she says to me, Fiji, is that warm? I say, yes, yes, Fiji is very warm. But you have to remove the curse. And I say to her, okay, um, Fiji it is. How do I remove the curse? And she takes a bottle and she scoops out the fluid from the cauldron and she says, here, this is the cure. And she hands it to me. Well, Viscount uh, Charles de Tennessee, that is no doubt the most amazing story I've heard tonight. A toast to your health. Yes, a toast. Cheers. And congratulations on a well-met adventure. Turns out we found that too late it was a suppository. <laughs> <laughs> or just in time. <laughs> no. It was quite unfortunate. So, if you would like to come up with something out of whole cloth, you can. Or there is a mess of stuff to sample from. Oh, I see. Uh, for those listening at home, he was interfered with several times and has come out even. Uh, though I think... A couple of Caitlin's. Countess. Uh, yes, the Countess. Countess the Baroness. The Baroness's dollars have migrated to some other people by way of Tennessee. <laughs> As is customary. Steve, do uh, some sort of uh, dance. Um, Charleston, both city and dance. It is my full title. I would thank you to use it. Uh, you have once spoke about sometime you have uh, encountered these sirens of legends, these singing sea creatures who lure sailors to their deaths. How did you respond to their seductive songs and survive? Well, it is a truly epic tale. It all began when I was interning in an ambulance. For you see, ambulances in my country, of Charleston, both city, country, and dance. <laughs> we lost the country at one point. That is another tale. Ambulances, you see, are sea ambulances, and we all go across the ocean looking for people who are drowning. Our sea ambulances, which are from Charleston, whereas I am from as well. <laughs> and so, me and my crew, who I do not know the names of, for they are beneath me, were setting off to look for poor unfortunate souls who cannot pilot their own ships and crash. I heard that you were looking for a very specific man, the king of your country. It's true. The king of Charleston, Charles, and he weighs quite a bit, <laughs> was lost at sea, and I was looking for my father. And so, we set off looking for him. But, unfortunately, we did not know where in the entire ocean he had crashed. For you see... His ship, which is could be called a yacht, perhaps a ship, perhaps not, was known for having an incredible stock of food and fuel, and so it could have gone anywhere. Now, we first thought he went to see Las Vegas, but see Las Vegas was closed during that time of year, and after quite some celebration outside the gate, they still had some entertainment, they had a gift shop, we set off again. Perhaps a few coins lighter and more women heavy. <laughs> ah, the heavy women. 
both meanings. We set off again. And our ship, our sea ambulance, became wrecked itself upon the great waves right outside Sea Las Vegas. That's one of the ways they get people in. You wreck your ship, you come to Sea Las Vegas, you have a good time. No one hears about it. What stays in Sea Las Vegas stays there because that is a truism. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we became shipwrecked. But unfortunately for the Tynes at Sea Las Vegas, we did not end up there again or they would have had my entire purse. No, we went outside much further to Sea Nevada. Now, Sea Nevada is not quite as nice as Sea Las Vegas. Now, hold on a minute here. I heard from a reputable geographer that Sea Nevada is entirely landlocked and inaccessible from Sea Las Vegas. <laughs> well, that is certainly true. However, our ship has legs underneath of it. And so, upon our sailing, we wrecked upon a rock, and then our sea legs, which you have heard of, I'm sure, came out from the bottom of our ship and walked to Sea Nevada, which is surrounded by a moat, which is why it is, of course, called Sea Nevada. I see. But I'm further confused, because then I thought that Sea Las Vegas was contained within that landlocked geographical area that... Oh, I thought Sea Las Vegas was contained within the space of Sea Nevada. But of course that is incorrect, as you know, because what is in Sea Nevada is not necessarily in Sea Las Vegas, because what is in Sea Las Vegas stays in Sea Las Vegas, and therefore, how could it be part of Sea Nevada? I feel like you are making a... That, that, that you have to actually... I... Put, yeah. I feel like your logic is invalid, sir. And... Well, perhaps I am mistaken. I am terrible at geography. I leave that to others. But we do have sea legs. Rest assured. Do not worry about that. Alright. <laughs> so, regardless of how we got there, we got to Sea Nevada. I'll ask my men later for this. We'll, we'll clarify this. We'll get this solved. We got to Sea Nevada, and it was... Very, very barren. There's almost nothing to do there. Except for, of course, to twiddle your thumbs and to whittle. And so... I've heard that prostitution is legal in Sea Nevada. <laughs> you were there? Yes. And I did not. <laughs> You're right. I was going to. Twiddle your thumbs, you say? It is, of course, a gentleman's version of what one might do. <laughs> So you're saying you uh, abrogated your tale in light of the fact that there are ladies present? Perhaps. <laughs> or perhaps I was being more explicit. I wasn't. <laughs> and so, I began to whittle a new ship, because I tired of our old one. I am not sure I understand. You were uh, gallivanting with Hoyles, or were you... Building a ship. It seems like you have an inconsistency in your story. They are not mutually exclusive. Some services Explain? cost. Well, you see, some services in Sea Nevada cost more than others. Now, you could simply go to bed with one of these ladies of ill repute, which I, of course, would never do. However, if you are interested in their seamanship skills. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing costs quite a bit more. <laughs> but how does this come uh, with you and uh, the whittling? Well, together, the uh, <laughs> the two parties begin with a large piece of lumber, piece of wood, if you will, and upon working on it for roughly an hour, <laughs> comes to fruition with a ship. Which is a new sea ambulance. However, sir, I salute you. <laughs> well, maybe not all this an hour. <laughs> and so I whittled a new sea ambulance, this one without sea legs. They're very expensive. And I brought my new ship out to the ocean. By hand, it was extremely heavy. I will not do that again. 
and I set upon it without my crew because I didn't take the time to think of it. It was very foolish of me. Because I later learned that they had set off without me as well, and I without them, which is convenient because we both left at the same time but without each other. This works very well in my story. <laughs> and they, being poor peasants, crashed upon a rock merely five feet from where they started. But this set off their terrible siren of their sea ambulance. <laughs> And I, going to the rescue, for I too was on a sea ambulance, <laughs> crashed upon the same very rock, saving them and winning the hearts of all the women. Those women, did I mention them? They were there. And they had incredible busts. You could probably see their nipples through the clothing. It was quite ravishing. A toast to the Count and his women. I will second that. I'll third it. Well, Baroness Carla von Strasser von Uberstrassen. Sauerbrunn. Sauer. Baroness Carla von Sauerbrunn Uberstrassen. My deepest apologies, Baroness. <laughs> but would you regale us of your exploits, crossbreeding elephants and peacocks, and why you undertook such a bizarre venture? Bizarre. What on earth about that is bizarre? It's progress. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought this was... I thought we were reaching a time in which humans were seeking progress. I thought, you know, this is a time of, of intellectual beauty, of, of moving forward in our state as, as humans in the world. Cross presentation aside, I am also quite interested in the results of your experiments. Well, well... It, it all began with a, a natural fascination with, uh, well, we, we've all heard the new theories about the ways, well, we've all heard that there are some new ideas as to how species have come about, the things that have been presented now that we're no longer being ruled by the superstitions of the past. Um, and, and, you know, naturally, uh, peacocks with their bright ornamentation and Elephants with their wisdom and passions, as their adventurous, beautiful. You are not perhaps just trying to make a larger, more voluptuous peacock. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly, that is one goal. For I have heard they have much junk in their trunk. (laughs) Well, certainly. A useful trunk with junk inside <laughs> is admirable <laughs> as a trait in a peacock. Um, you have to remember that uh, the male peacock's tail is a uh, sexual adaptation. It, it, it's a form of sexual selection. Um, but uh, my, my interests in uh, breeding these two animals, you know, it was, it was naturally sparked. Um, when I would first uh, was going through my expeditions in uh, the jungles of Swaziland, and I first encountered peacocks. Uh, Swaziland. Uh, not, not the Swaziland that you see on maps, spelled differently. There are two Zs. Ah, Swaziland. Swaziland. No, you're saying not, it incorrectly. Not Swaziland. No, no, not no, no. New that, Zealand? that, that's the correct one. Swaziland. The two Z's are separated. No, no, they're together. Swaziland. Oh my God. In the beginning. <laughs> Swaziland. Peacocks are the apex predators in Swaziland. <laughs> <laughs> and male peacocks have. In addition to, you know, in addition to their bright ornamentation tail feathers, they have vicious, vicious competitive battles for mates. <laughs> exactly. Um, biting. Uh, the, uh, the, well, my colleague, uh, for those listening, 
via uh, via the recording apparatus uh, was very well illustrating uh, the the, the, big vicious, the vicious, vicious fangs, fangs of so the male peacock yeah. during their breeding season. <laughs> um, similarly to elephants um, during must, um, which is the elephant equivalent to heat, peacocks also go into a must-like aggressiveness in their uh, heat-like mating season, uh, which was one of the reasons I chose to uh, use them together in my breeding experiments. But um, in my expeditions in Swaziland, I would often see them walked in combat, and I was struck by their beauty and their elegance, and I remembered my time uh, crossing the African savanna and the, the grace of the elephants and... Excuse me, Baroness, but I do not recall you crossbreeding the African savanna and gracefulness. That is a different story. (laughs) (laughs) One I hope you'd be willing to regale us with at some point in the future. But back to the peacock-elephant experiment. Back to the peacocks. Um, And it it was really the the witness... uh, I had never really noticed it before, but some of the larger peacocks had started to develop rudimentary tusks. And uh, it occurred to me that uh, if they were on their own developing tusks, um, well, then they must have some similar whatever the the material it is. Maybe maybe whatever passes on um, between whatever. Well, I'm told that peacocks and elephants are in different egg groups. <laughs> what did you use to chain breed a peacock and an elephant together? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. I used a platypus. Uh, that my, makes. Oh, sorry, my confusion. <laughs> I should have thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect intermediate stage. Anyway, um, but it was very difficult because initially, um, in order to capture. You know, capturing peacocks is very easy easy because they're attracted to bright colors, especially female peacocks. You want to get a female... You'd think you'd want a female elephant because of the size discrepancy. You'd think it would be easier to get a male peacock and a female elephant. But really, you want a female peacock and a male elephant. Um, Because female (laughs) peacocks are just so easy to catch. You just get something colorful. So, um, really what I did is I got my manservant, um, Charles, and I got him, well, first I had to tie him down because he was acting up again, and I had to take this really quite toxic dye and smear it all over his face. But then when he got used to the fumes, he was really quite docile. Um, So I set him off into the forest and I took a net and I just kind of collected them as it came at him and they, when female peacocks go into their estrus, which birds completely do and not just mammals, um, (laughs) they get this crazed look in their eyes so you have to catch them before they pounce and assault you. Um, You would send a manservant to his death? Yes. I do not believe you would do that. You oh, seem like too much of a kind person to do that sort of thing. I would do anything for science. Science and progress. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel for this man who has the same name as me. <laughs> you should. Um. Anyway. So... Getting the female peacocks were was quite easy. Um, Charles is mostly okay. Um, <laughs> Good to hear. Elephants were slightly harder. Um, a little bit, <laughs> you know. Is that a different color of paint you put on Charles to attract the elephants? 
No, that was my job. Um, <laughs> male elephants are a little bit trickier to seduce because elephants require this emotional relationship. Um, elephants, you have to do this. Well, you know, with human men, um, there are certain things that you could predict that they'll want from you. Male elephants are very sensitive, emotional creatures that you have to... I mean... You never know what they want from you, you know? And they expect you to know all these obscure references to old poetry. <laughs> you know... And they, I've heard that elephants never forget. They don't. They do not. They will hold a grudge against you until they die. And and so you have to and, and then there's all of this dancing. It's anyway. Eventually, I had three or four that I thought would be suitable, um, but the hardest one uh, was Barry. And Barry was just difficult because uh, Barry was a very large elephant, and I had been tracking him for three days. And Charles was getting exhausted, and he didn't want to carry the water anymore, so. At this point, it was just me carrying it, and he was tracking behind with, you know, he had all our notes. And I had the spear, and I had my, you know, all of my old books, and I had, you know, I had my Latin, and I had all my studies, and uh, I, I needed, you know, I had to keep on brushing up on, you know, some of these... Uh, Barry, his per he was very particular about his, his French conjugation, and if he only wanted to speak with me by, if we were talking in French, and not French my French is, is a very difficult language. It's very difficult, and mm. if I if I spoke it, you know, <laughs> if I believe this story, except I'm told he spoke Spanish. He also speaks Spanish, but he butchers it every time. He's not American. He's not a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but he will judge you terribly so I've been practicing but he was just not buying it so I knew I was going to have to take him down so eventually I'm just sitting there and he's sitting there and he has a stupid pretentious beret on and he's not even a French elephant he's freaking anyway so you know I'm sitting there and I'm in the tall grass and you know I'm just getting ready to pounce and I can just you know, it hasn't rained for days, so, you know, there could be brush fire, there could be anything, everyone's exhausted, Charles hasn't drunk or eaten anything in a week, you know, and he's just pissed off at me, and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting, and I can't make a sound or he'll just run and he'll trigger all the other elephants and there'll be a stampede and I just can't let that happen. And, um, I thought I was gonna get him, and then finally, I, I just like step forward at the wrong moment, and I, my foot's, I guess I don't know what was this step on. Maybe it was, you know, some of my some of the garbage I left around, or maybe it was just a twig or something. But he spooked and he freaked out and he reared up on his legs, and his tiny little elephant hat just flew right off of his head, and um, he started stampeding off. So I had to throw my spear, and it hit him right in the flank. Um, and, you know, we, we got him in, but it, it was just tragic because we, we had our elephant and we, we had his beautiful, perfect seed for our peacocks, but at what price? Such a beautiful beast and we had broken him. Anyway, and then we forced them to mate and then we had tiny peacock baby elephants. To science! To science! To science. Tragic tale, no doubt. <laughs> clang, clang. Clang. Do you have a challenge or do you want to just let Duncan do his. Mm, I, what? I want to challenge him. challenge me. Yeah. I'm going to challenge him all the way. Jim challenge me, I'll have to sit around thinking of something. <clears throat> also. I'm now British. <laughs> I don't know why. 
It's okay, my accent went back and forth between German and French and Hebrew. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Is that why? It's like I you do, sounded like this. Ironically, I do not speak any of those languages. Yeah. <laughs> well, Luckily, I have no accent. <laughs> I speak as the native language of Tennessee. I'm from a lot of places. Love. Mm. This is not even a German name. How you caused the Pope to be stripped naked and paraded through the streets of Vienna. Ooh, uh, I've always wanted to hear this, this story. <laughs> That's one of my favorites, actually. <laughs> Surprisingly unrisque. The Pope always wears a merkin over his junk. So he's not actually naked, even when he is naked. The Pope was visiting my native country of Latveria. And... He was doing this because he was trying to spread, spread the love of the church throughout, you know, Eastern Europe. <clears throat> and he had invited myself and Count Von Doom and a few other nobles, Latveria, to... Is not Count Von Doom a doctor? He is a doctor. He is Dr. Count Von Doom. <laughs> or Count Dr. Von Doom. Some even call him Dr. Doom. But in Latveria, we call him Count Von Doom. I think, actually, you incorporated that in. You, you get to uh, keep the... Yeah. Ah, well then. Anyways, on with my story. So, myself, Count Von Doom, a few other important noblemen, and... The Pope and his entourage were all at dinner, and I took it upon myself to uh, spice things up a bit. You see, so I went to where they had had the uh, kegs of sacramental wine, and I spiked them with a large amount of a Latvian brew that we make from the uh, pure distilled wormwood. It's a little like absinthe, except minus the alcohol and plus the hallucinogen. So it's really just all hallucinogen, you see? I hear there is a heavy dose of horse piss in there as well. How dare you <laughs> insult Latverian brew? You will find no horse piss here. I have been to Latveria, I have drunk your brew, and it tastes like horse piss. That is your own fault. There is no horse piss in Latverian brew. It is brewed by the finest Latverian brewers. I take it as a horses and they piss in it. You are a liar, sir, and a fraud. I believe there's only one way to resolve this. I challenge you to a duel. I accept. Well, if it is to be a duel, then you must both uh, have seconds, surely. All right. Would you like some turkey, perhaps? <laughs> I put the first stuffing. Dukrasalka. Will you be my second? I would Kelsey. be happy to be second in Fellow the case American of your uh, Will you be demise. my second? It would be my pleasure. If you are too cowardly to fight your duel, I will fight it for you. Is that how this works? Is That's how a, a second one. I As a disinterested third party, would you uh, present uh, the arms to the named combatants? Oh, as a lady. <laughs> Oh, guns! Oh, oh! Um, I'm a lady. He's getting his bullets uh, first. He's cheating. He has no honor. Here, I might need a second one. You will not need a second. I, I already have a second. Did you the first time. It's a uh, Dukrasalka. However, I may need a second bullet in case we both miss. There will be no missing. I wouldn't want to have to come pistol whip you. <laughs> I'm afraid the premises do not quite account for ten paces. However, if we both stand in the corner and back from here to here is probably the best. Uh, all right. So, so back to back, pace and turn. When maybe, maybe the uninterested it. party. Counts to three. Maybe take one more step Whoa. this way. Uh, 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 Both of you? Yeah. 
Well, you're a little bit more in the middle. <laughs> what? Wait, hold on a second. Now, do, do you guys both have your pistols cocked? I don't know how to fire a pistol. <laughs> have you ever cocked pistols before? That is why you, you have designated So how does this work? You're gonna count, you're gonna count you're one, two, three, and each one we're gonna get pace, and then on three we turn and fire? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. <laughs> you missed. I am victorious. Hot piss it is. Oh, my lady hot cat saddle the violence. May you faint. I might faint. I drink your milkshake, sir. I drink it up. <laughs> My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Is it even better than his? Yeah. <laughs> he could teach you, but he would have to charge you. At least that's what I hear. Not for his horse piss. Ooh. Burn. Or you see, I am his second. <laughs> so, you are our last... Then? Uh, yes. Um, Can I ask him to tell me the story of something? That's yes. my dying wish. <laughs> I think, I that's think that's appropriate. It's, it's so cold. <laughs> tell me the story of before before my last gasp escapes this mortal coil or whatever. I'll see what these are. And that was one them. of the many times that Baron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doctor, Doctor, <laughs> whatever save has died. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this game is so fun. I'm, I'm super glad that uh, <laughs> that one is, you probably fell through on getting me. He, he was going to let me borrow some six shooter Nerf guns, and wasn't able to make I've it. I've got one at work. <laughs> and, well, and so I asked asked at uh, Pathfinder if anyone had them, and Gray was like, "Oh, I've got a pair of uh, flintlock." Nerf guns. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> best thing ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, oh, it's so cold. It's my last wish. Duke Rosalka, will you please tell me of the time you used Stevenson's rocket locomotive to cure Prince Augustus of the gout? Ah, <laughs> uh, that is a fine story, and I know it well. I will try to be succinct so that you may hear the end of it before uh, the bleeding becomes too bad. For we have no such thing as 911 here. Um, Only well, when we're at sea. What was his name again? I don't remember. Uh, anyway, he had the gout. Stevenson. I, before I became a duke, and in fact, because of this, I became a duke. Okay. I was but a hub, humble doctor such as yourself. And I had been employed by the royal court uh, to cure uh, anything that ailed the... the uh, Prince Augustus. Yeah, Prince Augustus. Well, but any, any of the royal staff. I was on general retainer at the time. Um, when uh, the dear, dear Prince Augustus came down with the gout and... We tried many things. Um, we tried flying him to the moon in uh, uh, General Verne's uh, gunship, uh, but... Did not his gunship sink for it was made of metal and a gun in the water? No, it was, it was a ship that was in a gun and then it was fired to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I was mistaken. An easy, an easy mistake to make. Uh, yes, they, it should maybe be called a ship gun, but then that that gives all the entirely the wrong connotations. No, so we, he, he, General Burns shot us to the moon in the hopes that the the more rarefied air there would provide a palliative to Prince Augustus's gout. Uh, Unfortunately, our stay was cut terribly short by some unruly natives, and we were forced to uh, push the, the ship off the uh, tip of the moon 
and did you not uh, it was not so much that Zinelis were unruly it was that you have uh, slept with the queen of the Moonanites yes I hear well, they're uh, an unruly lot yes um that would have been fine really except that I just previously slept with both of her sisters and while we were I may have mentioned the the princess's name instead of the queen's uh so yes we did we did have to leave in a hurry um but may may i ask successively or concurrently the the sisters or the queen sure (laughs) then yes and then yes no the other way around (laughs) <laughs> Concurrently and then successively. <laughs> the sisters and then the queen and the, the queen. The Moon Knights, they lock together. They, they, well, they form a triangle. They do form. It's uh, kind of like Voltron. Legos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we were forced to push the, the ship off of the moon and uh, fall back to Earth. Uh, I did not have time to get into the ship, so I had to just hold on to the outside uh, where we fell into the ocean and we're towed back to land by uh, General Verne's gunship, the one that actually is a ship with guns on it, which later sank, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, but this, that was later, much, much later. Um, that failing, uh, I figured the best way to get verified air was to get him going really fast. And so first we tried um, some of Mr. Orwell's electric horses on a carriage, but in... Uh, Latvia, his fine country where we were at the time, um, there just aren't enough straight roads, and so the horses couldn't build up enough speed. Um, And so we could go a little fast, and while it was happening, the prince said he felt better, and it was great, but he said, more speed, we need more speed. Um, And I figured he was right, we we really did need more speed if he was going to be cured. so I set about researching every scientific journal I could find until I heard of uh, Mr. Stevenson's rocket train. Uh, unfortunately, that was in America. So we had to sail across the ocean, which is an adventure for another time. We had many, many interesting things happen uh, on that ship. Uh, but when we got to America, um, they hadn't quite yet finished the railroads. Uh, and. So we had to delay our trip for a whole week while they connected up at the east and the west part. And in fact, we started early by accident. Uh, we had a telegraph that it was going to be done uh, that day, and so we decided to set out. But as we were going, and the train was picking up speed, um, heading towards the west coast, uh, we got another telegraph because one of the awesome things about Mr. Stevenson's rocket train is it is able to receive telegraphs while moving. Uh, I'm not sure how they accomplished it because I am but a humble doctor. Well, I was but a humble doctor, now I'm a duke because, uh, as you may well know, uh, we did eventually get going fast enough to, sec- to cure uh, Prince Augustus's gout. But I'm getting ahead of myself for when we got to the middle of America, uh, which, as you may know, is the Grand Canyon. Um, The two competing railroads had both run into snag and that neither of them had bridges good enough to get across. Um, And so the rail network was not connected yet. Uh, Again, fortunately, Mr. Stevenson's uh, engineering is above reproach. And uh, we did mention it was a rocket train, right? Well, uh, he turned on all of the rockets. Apparently, he'd been holding some back. And when we hit the end of the line, the train rocketed up into the air. And it was at Hold that... on, sir. I heard that there were no ramps on either side. And regardless of velocity, for you did not have any airfoils, you could not possibly have gone up into the air. Because everyone knows that rocket trains need to be exactly level perpendicular or parallel to the ground with their rockets or else the whole thing will fly off its hinges well that 
commonly accepted fact now, which we have learned from some of the poor uh, results of this exciting trip through the air. Uh, the, there, there wasn't really a ramp. There was a little gentle incline where they were getting ready to build the bridge over the uh, Grand Canyon. But it was enough to get us started. And, uh, yeah, we didn't hit the other track. No, I should think not. No. But in that one beautiful moment where all of the rockets were engaged and we were flying at full speed over the Grand Canyon, the prince was cured, and then we crashed on the other side of the Grand Canyon, and we were all lucky to survive. Several people lost limbs, but as I said, I was a doctor and almost nobody died. There is only one thing wrong with your story, sir. You said that you were not born of noble blood. That's true. Upon being cured, the prince uh, awarded me a dukedom. But how could I trust such a fantastic story from someone of such low birth? Because, as a nobleman, I would never lie. I do not believe you have noble blood through your veins, regardless of what one madman says. Are you calling the Prince Augustus of Latvia a madman, while his comrade in arms lies dying on the floor? He did eat a horse yesterday. Oh, I think that this is just a thing they do. Oh, and that's common? Yeah. He's very strange. He is at least very strange. He and his people. His I ways will, are different than mine, and I therefore I do not like it. Pretend this is a glove. No such insult from the likes of you. Well, then that's good, because I will insult you and then have my insult not taken and therefore will be upset about it with you. A duel! Okay. I was unsure if you were accepting my challenge or not, or we're going to back down. I never back down from anything. Would you be my second? I'll be okay. your second. You're dying. Shut up. Not at all. see this. Perhaps the uh, passion of his story has brought you back to oh. life. Uh, I'm still dying. <laughs> I, I could ask for no better s second than a countryman from my adopted country. As the challenger, you may pick first. I'm uh, the challenger, so you uh, get to pick first. Hmm. Could the shovel be my pick? I choose this one. It is the superior weapon. Also closest to you. Shh. Silence you. Here, you get pulled back all the way to the pot place. There you go. There we go. I do not like this. Second, let me I out. I feel that it is defective. <laughs> As the impartial judge, I will give the count. Are you are the count? I am the count. Are you ready? I am ready. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, with your dying breath. You wounded me fatally! Uh, War! I, I, I forgot to cock it the second time! Uh, I'm sorry, but I think you are contractually obligated to survive this one. My dying breath, I He's very strange. All right. And as I said for the third time today, give me your purse, and no one gets hurt. <laughs> well, time. no one else gets hurt. No one gets hurt any further. And everyone... Oh, wait, nope. You've been to Liberia, so there's still someone left to carry on the legend. The, All right. Does that mean that you guys are ineligible to win? No. no it okay. means we are ineligible to vote. I see. Um, so, the three of you who have money, take all your money and put it in your purse. 
It may be that the other two of you combined can outvote Will as to who th- you think has the best story, but I am not sure because I haven't been keeping close track of how much money everyone has. Um, unfortunately, I have no money to vote with. Well, we're both dead. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's a side effect. All right. Dead. Yeah. Are we um, ready? So, Everybody, think of who you're going to vote for first. And when everyone is ready, um, I think you can go pretty much go in whatever order. Just um, throws of the coins at whoever is <laughs> Making it hail, as they say in my country. <laughs> one, one, one additional thing, so you know. Whoever wins is also allowed to pose the question for the first story of the next game gotcha. whenever it mm-hmm. shall be played. Do you know who you would have voted for, Duncan? Deux, trois, quatorze. Well, I think, I think Dave definitely gets yeah, that. Yeah, one. I think well, congratulations. the of the cats on thrones. Yeah, that really helped. <laughs> I know my audience. <laughs> Merci. Merci. That is Tennessean for thank you. <laughs> I thought it was Tennessean for I give up. No, that is merci. Oh, okay. But merci. This, this, this Appalachian accents are hard to to. It's very, yes, it's very strange. You, you have uh, this. The reason my accent is so so uh, here and there is that in one valley you have one way of speaking. And in another valley, you have another way of speaking. Mm. They're very different. No one can understand that. As, as a v- V-count, I would imagine, that and I'm speaking from the dead here, you accidentally that sleep with your cousin because you do not know, you cannot communicate to understand that they're your cousin. That <laughs> 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 uh, seems like a good excuse as any. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the extraordinary like adventures of Baron oh, Munchausen. That's that pretty fun. That was, that was a lovely game.